I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to, you know, well you'll see later. I stand for mayhem! I know a lot of fucking idiots that think a lot of shit is mean-spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is it takes things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Why Are You Laughing? Not from the Vaulted Podcast Studios today, but we're in uh, the Oconee Dome. And I'm pleased to introduce you to you, the late, great Gilbert Gottfried, as always. Uh, like I said, we were in Craig's studio where he keeps it a cozy 98 degrees in here. <laughs> it's really hot. It's very, Jesus yeah, it's Christ. Warm. It's really, really hot. I mean, it's this thing, and I don't have, it's not, it's not zoned by itself. I would know? say stifling. Yeah. If I lost a little weight, I would just take off this hoodie, but I'm too embarrassed. You people will shame me if you watch on the YouTube. Well, if you, if you keep it on, you will lose weight. And uh, to see that, go to, go to the YouTube channel if you like. <laughs> Subscribe. Get those numbers up, baby. Uh, you can get episodes a week early on patreon.com slash blindmike. As well as uh, the Blind Mike Project, uh, Moron Money, all the wacky stuff we do back there. Uh, so support that if you like the program. And then uh, let's get into it. We're uh, Matt not here, but Craig and Mike are. It's been a while, boys. How are we? I'm great. I'm, I'm good, great. too. Um, so a, a very sad to hear. We're just covering dead comedians every three weeks. I know. Um, We're on a heater of dead guys. I now. was really sad that Gilbert Gottfried died. Yeah. Um, a little more. He wasn't much older than Norm, um, but I did see him at uh, Skankfest a couple times uh, in Houston in November, and then even a couple years ago. And I remember Alba saying to me that he was like, he didn't look great in the sense like on stage you would kind of like shake a little bit, like he didn't mm. look well necessarily. Um, but I didn't know he was sick. Like he kind of pulled the Norm and just said, and it's perfect for his character too. Where I don't think he wanted people thinking of him as the sick guy. Like, it doesn't really work for right. his act. So I don't think he wanted to be thought of that way. And uh, I think it's pretty admirable the way those guys handle that. Because I would be waving, flailing my arms looking for all kinds of attention. So, <laughs> so uh, a lot of respect for the great Gilbert Gottfried. And he's a guy that um, I feel probably didn't get enough credit, even by me, who's a Gilbert fan, where, like, shame on me for uh, last week when we were talking about Mitch Hedberg. I always bring, and I always mean to bring up Gilbert Gottfried, where I talk about Mitch Hedberg and Stephen Wright influ uh, and guys like that influencing, you know, Anthony Jeselnik and Mark Normand and some of these guys. And uh, shame on me for not throwing Gilbert in there because he definitely belongs in that kind of discussion of yeah. just like pure joke writers. Like, he's one of the greatest, honestly. I Absolutely. I agree. And he's one of the best at just being, being filthy in a way. And we, I think we mentioned this in the Saget episode where, um, I mean, Saget obviously has this cause he's known for being on full house more mm -hmm. than his comedy. Right. Um, but Norm has it, had it to an extent and Gilbert certainly did as well where they can be completely filthy. Um, and yet also appeal to like a mainstream audience or do kids stuff yeah. and i think that's a dying breed i don't think you'll ever see that again you'll never again have a guy telling the aristocrats joke ah. who's, who's also in a children's cartoon <laughs> you right. know i didn't know so my my daughter was watching this today actually this morning she's watching thumbelina which is another disney movie that gilbert's in right i did not know that i mean he just had <laughs> it's almost we I, like, what? I almost wonder if his voice heard him uh, with voiceover work in the sense that it was so like iconic, where yeah. there he could never be in a role where you're not like, oh, that's Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, he had the greatest voice, one of the greatest laughs ever. 
Like just his, yeah. um, I know, uh, speaking of having Carl on last week, our boys at who are these podcasts, like a lot of, uh, uh, podcasts and radio shows would use Gilbert's laugh as like a sound drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the greatest ever. Yeah. So, um, I would say people, one of the things people know him most for is being one of the greatest guests ever on the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. I think Howard said he was on like 122 times or something like that. Jesus. And then zero in the last 12 years. Yeah. Um, Ignore he exists. Yeah, it's. I don't want to get into a whole, we'll do a Howard episode at some point um, where we can get into all the hypocrisy and everything there. But uh, Howard did at least acknowledge that Gilbert died in a very weird way where he didn't say like, hey, I... Should have had this guy in at some point in the last decade. But um, <laughs> he was one of the great guests ever. I didn't pull a ton of Stern stuff, um, but I did a co- at least a couple because you figure you have to. I figure enough people when he died probably played a lot of Stern clips and everything. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me that I always loved that Gilbert did, and I think he was one of the first guys. So this episode of Stern was like when... They moved the the period of time that it was in was when they moved Seinfeld um, to follow Cheers. So Seinfeld's mm-hmm. like just starting to take off. Right. So that makes me think. I don't have you know any evidence to back this. Up. I couldn't find a literal uh, you know archive of who was the first Seinfeld impression. But I think Gilbert might have been the guy that kind of launched the who are these people like the, the Seinfeld impression that we all do when we're talking yeah. about Seinfeld yeah. I think Gilbert he was certainly one of the first if not the first guy to do that mm-hmm. um so this is him on Stern they're calling Seinfeld I think Seinfeld was supposed to do the show and cancel last minute or something so Howard's calling him uh live on the air I'll call you right back hey Jerry it's Howard Stern you're supposed to be on the air with us I mean hey I mean, certain things like this are just not right. I mean, you say, I mean, what type of a person are you that you say you're going to be on the air? And then you're not. Who are these people? <laughs> we have Jerry Seinfeld Jr. here, just because you're not here. Jerry Seinfeld Jr. Uh... What happened years ago, you see, my father was used to travel, and he would have sex with these waitresses. Right. Now, one of them, he had sex with, and then he left. I see. Now, what she about... got pregnant, and he left town, and then I was born. So you flew in from Los Angeles, is that right? That's true. How's uh, How are those airplanes? Uh, these airplanes are crazy. First of all, they give you those peanuts. Who wants those peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, how do you open those little packages of peanuts on a plane? And why do stewardesses give you those pillows? Those are not comfortable. You know what's happening, Jerry? You're getting too big for your britches. you as we've uh, as we've put it on in this show before, that's probably Seinfeld's actual act that he's quoting there. But, <laughs> but but I I just love that so much, and I think Gilbert was one of the first guys. But the other my other takeaway from that clip was uh, so that's uh, if I let it go in its entirety, I think it would be like a forty five minute uh-huh. chunk of oh. Gilbert just, <laughs> just doing Seinfeld. And there's no oh, evidence man. that they ever hung up on his voicemail. I don't think like, <laughs> like they may have just left him a forty minute message. But uh, Gilbert was one of the best, and I. When we talked about Saget, I used this word, but I couldn't... I wanted to use this word. I, I made this point, but I couldn't uh, uh, define it the way I wanted to. And I thought Jim Norton, when they were talking about Gilbert passing, um, put it put it uh, perfectly, where he said, uh, Gilbert thrives in redundancy, which I think was the... That's the word I was <laughs> yeah. looking for, where Gilbert was one of the best ever at just dragging a bit out. Yeah. And I said, I said, Saget was always good at playing along with that. Norm, for sure. And I think the two best were probably Artie and Gilbert, where 
they could do a bit for 45 minutes and it goes through that phase where it's like, <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, then it's getting a little old, then it's not funny, then it's funny again. That's funny. <laughs> Gilbert was the fucking best at that of all time, I think. Like Definitely. the, the Saget roast? Yeah. And he just kept going and going. And going. Yeah. So, oh, but it's, well, you, since you mentioned that, I have two uh, major complaints for the internet. Um, they say you can find anything on that interweb. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I challenge that because the two things you cannot find are clean versions of Gilbert at the Saget Roast uh. and Gilbert's 9-11 joke. So I didn't, oh. I didn't include those because the 9-11 joke, there's like this sad music in the background. Like, can you believe he said it? Um, we'll, get, we'll, get to that a, we'll get to that a little later. And the uh, the Saget roast, it's all like chopped up in this weird manner. Like you'd have oh, to yeah. find the actual, the full roast to get it in its entirety, apparently. And God Pull knows Viacom will take us down if we do that. Every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so we don't have that for you. But I I mean, uh, you know, definitely go back and watch the Bob Saget roast. The more we talk about dead guys, we had Geraldo, Saget, Norm, and Gilbert all gone from that mm. roast. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> look out, Norton. The dais is <laughs> chipping away. There's a, there's a picture for that, that's going around. It, it's uh, Norm... Saget, Gilbert, and Jeff Ross. And yeah. Everyone's like, look out, dude. Oh, I think no. Kimmel actually had a pretty good joke where he said, the lesson here is don't have dinner with Jeff, Ro Jeff Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, eh, let's what's the, I think the last clip I have, if we can skip ahead, is also Stern. So we might as well mm -hmm. play that now since we're talking about him. The real voice? Yeah. So this was a thing that I found. Uh, I was lucky yeah. enough to sit in on the Kirk Minahan show and Kirk had Gilbert on. And it's funny because you would hear Gilbert do this with a lot of the Zoom interviews that he did over the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Um, you would hear like real Gilbert for a second where he's like, is this, is this okay? You know, he's setting everything up. He's not in that, he's not in full character yet. Are we rolling? So, yeah. So this was, I didn't hear it this extreme. Um, so this is uh, Gilbert leaving a voicemail for Baba Booey. Um, confirming when he's going to be on the show. <laughs> now listen to, in contrast, this is off-the-air Gilbert. Oh. This is Gilbert calling Gary from years ago on the answering machine. Okay. Yes. And this is Gilbert's real voice. <laughs> All right, just as scary. Yes. All right, but it's like a whole different guy. Oh. All right, here it is. Yeah, Gary, it's Gilbert. Okay. I'll probably be there tomorrow, but um, if you could call, us, uh, call me up... And just tell me what exactly is going on tomorrow, you know, what's, you know who's going to be there and everything like that. Um, that's the scariest of yeah. wow. People are afraid that's of the... serial killer. Yeah, that's serial killer <laughs> Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, really, listen listen like to Bruce it. Bruce um, And if worse comes to worse, if I could uh, just call in. And, uh, okay. I'll talk to you whenever. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Gilbert Manson. That, that really sounds like he was a very <laughs> quiet man. He yeah. Kept himself. <laughs> <laughs> he kept to himself. That doesn't sound like the same guy. Like no, you hear, you hear little glimpses of it of Gilbert, mm -hmm. but that doesn't sound like the same guy. And then it's funny to hear Gilbert analyzing it. Like, yeah, he sounds like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, when you when you uh, interviewed him. It was like that, sort of, but you could still kind of hear the mm -hmm. the pitches. Conversational yeah. Gilbert. And then the other funny thing. So, I like, Gilbert was a very, he, that I think that was him most of the time. Like, off stage, mm -hmm. um, everyone that I heard talk about him after he died basically said, you know, he was a nervous, shy guy off stage. Huh. Uh, kind of kept to himself. And Norton would always talk about, he did Jim and Sam a lot the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... 
uh, Jim Norton's favorite thing to do with him was just talk because like Norton's uh, filthy sexually, and Gilbert loved the idea of Monster Rain and making Jim <laughs> oh, yeah. making Jim talk about Monster Rain. <laughs> so Jim would talk about Monster Rain, but then he would ask Gilbert about his sexual exploits, and Gilbert would be like, "Oh, I don't know." He would get baffled, <laughs> which is <laughs> hilarious to see a guy as fucking filthy as Gilbert be like, "Ooh, I don't know if I'll go there." <laughs> I would never. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was. Uh, Honestly, like it's it's very funny to hear that, and then think of the fucking parrot in Iago. I know, right? <laughs> you know, Aladdin, I mean. He looks like a Japanese war criminal in that picture. Right there. <laughs> I, didn't pop, I, didn't, I didn't pop that up. I can pop it up for the people so they understand what you're talking about. And by the way, for the people on social media that say like, you know, you hear from like uh, sports, like you know, the Julie DeCaros of the world. Mm-hmm. Where uh, women's looks are criticized too much. Go through the, the history of Gilbert Gottfried Roast. Oh my he, god, he, he was not considered a handsome man. No. people mentioned it. So, um, a, a small Asian skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I think, I think one of the main things you forget about with Gilbert is that he was on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah. right, nobody yeah. thinks of that. No, <laughs> um, because he did not have a particularly historic run. No. So he was basically one of the guys they brought in. Uh, Lorne Michaels left. And I forget the guy's name who ran it. He might mention it in this clip. I forget. But um, uh, it was between Lauren Michaels and Dick Ebersol, whoever was running it at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and basically the Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd era, like the first cast, were they were all gone. So this was a new cast they were bringing in. I think it was Eddie Murphy's first year. Mm. Uh, but other than that, there weren't a lot of stars in this uh, uh, you know, lineup. But Gilbert was a the guy they brought in and... Uh, Never really hit like he had. I think he was there was one recurring character he had. It was like a couple like him and a wife had some recurring bit. But there was no like you couldn't point to. He basically had Pete Davidson's career, but was <laughs> far less famous for it on SNL. So he, he, he was on Weekend Update as himself. Yeah, about- <laughs> yeah, right. That actually would have been great. That's what they should have done. Gilbert. <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, Gil- Gilbert, him on Gilbert hosting Weekend, Weekend Update. Update. That would have been great. <laughs> Um, yeah, that would have been phenomenal. But they never, they just never found the right thing with him, which is why Stern was perfect for Gilbert, because Stern loved weirdos. Like Gilbert wasn't a whack packer; he was a professional comedian, yeah, but right. he was a weird guy that Howard could play with. Um, and that's the type of world that guys like uh, Gilbert were perfect for. Like, and it's kind of you know. Uh, symbolic that Gilbert really popped more in the 90s because like, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Tom Green in the next episode. Yeah. That era of just like fucking wild, like MTV and Howard Stern and where weirdness, uh, Letterman was a big influence on this, where weirdness was accepted a lot more. And when Gilbert was on SNL, they weren't really ready for that, I don't think. Yeah. No. But uh, <laughs> not even a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 90s was Conan too, and he was right. fucking weird in the yeah, 90s yeah. too. Um, so this is Gilbert ta- uh, on uh, Rogan, which by the way, I love when guys like this do Rogan or some long form interview because it's something you can point to like you can go to ev- through every stern appearance and you're not going to get very much serious Gilbert. Almost none. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice when uh, guys like him or uh, I'm trying to think of another example because Norm never did it. But guys like that, uh, when they, if they have a few long form interviews, it's nice to actually get their uh, real side, which is this him talking about uh, Saturday Night Live. God damn! Did you enjoy the like the process at all? No, not really. And I I was 
Uh, nothing new. I was always weird. (laughs) 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 Um, When I was auditioning, there were a few auditions, some at a comedy club, others in their office, and there would be, like, lots of people there. And I would hear, you know, other people who auditioned who would say, oh, they were so hateful of everybody else who was against them in there. And I remember just out of weirdness, not courage, out of weirdness, I I didn't take auditioning for Saturday Night Live as something important. I don't know why. I just didn't. And I would go there and do bits and everything. And when I was on it, I didn't feel like, well, I mean, there was a reason I didn't feel like a star there because everyone was torn to shreds in the press. (laughs) I think think that's kind of the charm of Gilbert, though, because I can't imagine him giving a fuck about Saturday Night Live. Right. You know what I mean? And this isn't... Saturday Night Live was not what we know it as now, where it's this, you know, institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But, like, that's what people like about Gilbert and Norm and Artie Lang and, like, that Patrice. kind of crew of comedians, that they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, and that's the the beauty of Gilbert's career when you look through his, you know, IMDb or whatever, where you're like, this guy didn't give a fuck? <laughs> Wait a minute, how did he get him all? He's in these Disney movies, and uh, he has all kinds of, you know, he made a ton of money in voiceover work and commercials, and yeah. and it's amazing, like, that attitude where uh, he simply didn't give a fuck. I keep saying that, but he, he really did. <laughs> it's that voice. It brings you a long yeah, way. And just, I don't have the nuts to, like, I, I keep wanting to try it, and I'm like, I'm not going to. I've barely done it a couple times, if you've <laughs> caught it, but I don't. <laughs> I'm sure by the end of it, I'll be. <laughs> Um, so he, uh, he also talked about, uh, getting fired from SNL. His oh, tenure yeah. was not very, not very long there. Oh, the way I got fired from Saturday Night Live, there used to be, a a table there that they would throw fan letters when there was a such thing as fan letters. Now it's, you know, who writes a fan letter anymore? It's all, uh, you know, email and stuff. Uh, and that they so I was waiting. They had fired uh, the producer, and uh, Dick Ebersole came in. He said, "All right, well, we're just going to make changes here and there. Nothing major. Uh, come in next week, and uh, we'll discuss it." And they were taking people in one by one, and I'm waiting there. And killing time, I see. Uh, uh, girl writes a fan letter to me from like Omaha or whatever. And I open it up before I even get into the office. I open the letter and it starts off, dear Gilbert, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. So I found out from a fan letter from some uh, 15 year old girl. How did she find it? Yeah. I don't know. But she <laughs> she saw it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she started Probably. writing it after the first yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, the writing's oh, on the God. wall. Yeah. 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 This, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy sucks. I like the idea of Gilbert groupies. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> young girls like, Gilbert, we love you. They all look like Rhea Perlman. <laughs> but that is, yeah, right. But that is probably, uh, like, if some tabloid 
in, you know, wherever, fucking Washington wrote, SNL is going to fire Gilbert Gottfried. Back in the day, that wouldn't have gotten back to Gilbert. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if it's right. being reported somewhere, they, like, it's not like now with Twitter and everything. Yeah. Like, that might legitimately get into the press before it gets into the the, the head of Gilbert Gottfried, which is right. wild. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, kind of revisionist history, like what should mm -hmm. people have done in their career, what we wish they did, blah, blah, blah. But I'm kind of glad Nor uh, uh, Gilbert wasn't a staple on SNL because... I think he could have fit like I like we just said on Weekend Update. Weekend if he had, Update, if he yeah. had a you know was a correspondent on Weekend Update or whatever, that would have been great. But I don't know that that would be necessarily the right. Like I almost would have preferred Gilbert have his own sketch show. You know what I mean? Like where he's not confined to what would fit SNL. Like I don't think whatever if they ever yeah. did find a character, I don't think we'd have the same Gilbert. Does that oh, make exactly, sense? I, I agree, yeah. and like. He keeps talking about how he's so weird. Like they, they probably never let him write his own characters. Right on SNL. Yeah, Can you imagine or, like Gilbert writing his own characters. I mean, if they kept him for another couple of years, him doing Seinfeld would be hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because someone ended up doing Seinfeld on SNL, didn't they? Fallon oh, did. Sure. Oh, it was Fallon. There's oh, a yeah. Uh, yeah, Fallon. Seinfeld was on like Weekend Update, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny just because oh, Fallon's yeah. Fallon's doing the Seinfeld impression. And Jerry like plays into it and just goes, I don't talk like that. And Fallon goes, you do. You talk exactly like this. But I don't know. Seinfeld doesn't seem like the kind of guy that I don't know if he loved Gilbert's like impression. <laughs> I don't. Did he ever do Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Gilbert? I don't know. I can look that up, though. Yeah, I should have. Uh, I should have watched that if he did. He must have. Um, but uh, where are we, Craig? I'm sorry. Well, I lost my uh, train uh, of thought. Here. Aflac. What's, what's Aflac. next? Aflac. Oh, we're there already. My God. Yeah. What's the, well, the fourth thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gilbert's been fired from a lot. We just talked about him getting fired from SNL. Um, probably his biggest firing and, you know, the start of, quote, cancel culture, I yeah. guess, um, was Gilbert getting fired from Affleck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was the Affleck duck, as you may remember. Uh, let's hear him talk about it and then we'll uh, talk more about it. Now, at the time, do you realize that Affleck does 75% of their business in Japan? I found that out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You think break, they I, do that. I done found that out. <laughs> so the Twitter account... At Real Gilbert. Oh, believe me, he makes it clear too. Oh, it's real. Not oh, yes. Joe Schmo. I'm going to have fun yes. with this. It's me, Real Gilbert. He writes, well, he, okay. <laughs> Japan is really advanced. They don't go to the beach. The beach comes to them. <laughs> what do the Japanese have in common with Howard Stern? They're both radioactive. What does every Japanese person have in their apartment? Floodlights. <laughs> I just you know, split up with my girlfriend, but like the Japanese say, there'll be another one floating by any minute now. I do remember he was tweeting so much, my lights started dimming. Yeah. <laughs> See, but you notice when you're reading... The tsunami jokes. Right. Everybody here was laughing. Yes, that's true. And mm -hmm. see, that's that's the thing. That's what matters. You yeah. know, you know what else? Right. Yeah. None of us were getting a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we waited a good forty-eight hours. After oh yeah. Well, that always got me right. when they say too soon. Why is it okay later? Yeah, because it's like you can make a joke about the Titanic now. Right. And it's like I'm thinking. So if you make a joke about the Titanic now and you're a good person because right. you didn't do it back then 
then you're saying, okay, I waited. Fuck those people who died <laughs> on the Titanic. <laughs> it's so true. So first of all, if uh, I don't know if they exactly said it in there, but if you don't remember the tsunami that happened mm-hmm. and uh, uh, decimated Japan, and Gilbert was tweeting uh, all those jokes the minute that happened. <laughs> he was real-time joking. They were still draining people's yeah. basements. Yeah. So, obviously, a little insensitive, I suppose. Uh, that would get him though. crucified now, by the way. Now he would have more than lost his job, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's interesting to hear him talk like that because I, I think we kind of talked about this in the first episode when we talked about Dice. Um, Gilbert is kind of playing a character in the same way mm-hmm. that Dice was, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear his perspective on that because you just think of him as a clown, as a wacky, you know, set up punch guy. But there is yeah. actual a lot of thought that goes into that where he's like, well, fuck too soon. I'm going to do this. He's not just being silly. He's, you know, he's doing that for yeah. a reason. There's a reason. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, Ari Shafir always says where uh, he's like, oh, no, no. Us joking about tragedies proves that we care about those things. Yeah. It proves that we realize those are horrible things, and then we try to find humor in them. We'd be psychotic if we thought that it was hilarious that people are getting wiped away in a flood. <laughs> like, that'd be crazy. Yeah. But Gilbert looks at it and says, well, there's people that, uh, you know, will laugh at this. So in a time of fucking horror, yeah. it's it makes, nice to make people laugh. It makes it less horrible. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, not, just a little bit. But it was funny <laughs> that they, they had, uh, I think we were blocking most of it on the, the version people are going to see, but just the, the footage oh, of the flood while they're reading. I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I was like, this, this, that clip you pulled was amazing. Cause as they're talking about it, they're just in the bottom left corner. They're playing footage of like buildings being swept away by the ocean. Gilbert, ah! <laughs> he's, just, and he's laughing at the top. Unfort- unfortunately, when I show the clips on this, we're on the bottom left corner. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear Gilbert talk like that. Cause it shows like, you know, people that make those jokes do probably care more than the people that are yeah. getting offended by it, the oh, jokes. Oh, easily. You yeah. know? Um, uh, so what's the uh, what's the next clip? I forget what order we're going in here. For uh, some this reason. is uh, uh, Gilbert and Norm. Oh, yeah. I always try to include a Norm clip. So like, like I said, we'll talk more about the 9-11 joke. We have a clip where he's, he's kind of talking about the aftermath of it. But I figured we have to include yeah. at least one 9-11 joke. <laughs> so, so here's uh, Gilbert on the greatest talk show of all time, Norm MacDonald Live. Yes. You know, I'm old enough to remember back to simpler, more innocent times when the worst thing you'd hear about the news was hijacked jetliners <laughs> flying into buildings. Norm just saying you're going to get in trouble again. <laughs> As Gilbert's reading the joke that Norm wrote for him. <laughs> no, it's Adam Egan. Uh, oh, oh, Adam said that when they're when they're that brutal, Norm usually puts the blame on. Oh, uh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Holocaust denier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Norm, Norm and Gilbert were un, unbelievable. Together. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it into a Norm thing, so I didn't include too much from that uh, interview. <laughs> that should but, be the through line for this show: is that as much Norm as possible. I think, oh, yeah. I, I think we mentioned Norm in every episode, or at least I've tried to. I mean, it was probably tough to work him into the Lenny Bruce episode or right Hartman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Phil Hartman, maybe. Yeah, right. Well, no, because they were on SNL at the same time. Yeah, I'm sure we mentioned them. We probably did. Um, we definitely did. So, uh, yeah, like that is that's what you want from Norm McDonald. I mean, I mean, uh, from Gilbert Gottfried. Like I said, that's where I saw him. And it's fun. like if most people, you know, if I went to see fucking Tim Dillon 
and he's telling a joke about a Polish construction worker. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> when, when you see Gilbert, you want those kind of old school yeah. type of, not vaudeville, that's probably, Catskills is what I'm looking for. Like yeah. Those Catskills type of humor with a really fucking, uh, you know, deranged yeah. twist on it. Right, Take right, my right. wife, please, and murder her. Right, right <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. That was such a great joke, though. Like, I think that the, the actual joke kind of got lost us laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> and him, well, the beauty is it, it making Gilbert laugh halfway through. Yes, it was. Halfway through reading it. I forgot I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing him break is, was one of the best things ever. I agree. Um, so I mentioned, you know, revisionist history a minute ago. Is there anything you guys can think of? that you would have liked to seen Gilbert do or, you know, get the opportunity to be part of. Yeah. I, as soon as you said weekend update, I was like, Oh my God, him screaming the news <laughs> at us <laughs> would have been one of the best things right. ever. Probably more specials. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He has a special on Hulu. I want to say, you know what, but you know what he it does. is though? Well, or a place people like can see it. <laughs> What's up? Most people have like Netflix and stuff like one yeah. that just, Give him one. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, when when you look back, you're like, oh, man, this guy's so funny. And you see everyone that would put the special on hearing him talk about Bob Saget raping and murdering yeah. a girl. <laughs> they're probably like, yeah, we'll hold off. Wait a minute. <laughs> and we talked about this in the Saget episode, but that genuinely like hurt Bob Saget. Not the oh, joke. Yeah. He, lo he loved the joke. Yeah. But then like people would go after him and be like, Bob Saget, you're a rapist. Gilbert Gottfried said it. That, <laughs> it must be true. That made news stories when he died. Yeah. <laughs> That was, which I'm was sure what, two minutes ago? Right. Bob Saget died? Right, right, right. <laughs> I know. They're all just dying right off. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, but it, as I'm saying that, more roasts would have been great, too. He was yeah. unbelievable oh, yeah. on those roasts. Well, because he was such a good joke writer. Yeah. Phenomenal. He was made for that, yeah. honestly. Um, you can see who writes their own stuff on those Oh, things. absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Martha Stewart's really... Uh... You don't think so? Her and uh, <laughs> fucking Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Mike Tyson? <laughs> I'll bite your ears off. <laughs> All right. She's like, wait, my pussy smell? <laughs> um, hey, that's Gilbert's joke, actually. <laughs> Somebody cut that, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm trying to think, like, I can't imagine what, like... I think he was a pretty good actor, you know what I mean? Like I've I looked up like sketches of him and everything. Like yeah. he is a good actor, but I cannot imagine him. And maybe that's the small-minded thinking that like executives have also, where he didn't get this opportunity. But mm. I can't really imagine him like starring. What would be his role in a sitcom or a TV show or something? But uh, I do think it would have been interesting uh, just seeing that. Like if he got a pilot or something. He's got wacky more, neighbor written all over him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That that that's yeah. what I meant to mention. Actually, that's perfect, Craig. He's, where like. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say he's Patton Oswalt in the basement. Right. Or, uh, yeah, Jerry Stiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where, yeah, that is the perfect kind of role for him. And I'm surprised he didn't play, you know, fucking uh, whoever's, you know, uh, Joey's dad on Friends or something. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of something. But, like, Imagine you know what I mean? Imagine like, Wilson on Tool Time. I mean, uh, yeah. Home Improvement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, You'd have to have a really low fence. <laughs> Ooh, who is that? The mystery. <laughs> That Who's be, it? Who does that voice belong to? That would be great. <laughs> Doesn't that guy sell me insurance? <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like a character that had, you know, you can guarantee he's in like six episodes a season or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't play some, you know, the uncle that drops by. You're right. Like where that would have suited him perfectly. Wacky neighbor or whatever. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't used more in that type of role considering, 
you know, the kind of uh, foot in the door he had with Hollywood, where he was not, as much as he was a weird guy, he was not completely shunned. And that's why mm-hmm. I don't get the, I don't get the Howard shunning of Gilbert. Like, I guess it's because he's too vulgar and crass. Like, he would make jokes Fuck that Steve. don't fit, that yeah. don't fit Howard's image now. But Gilbert was accepted by Hollywood. Like, oh, if yeah. you want to go by this narrative that Howard wants to be accepted, Gilbert was accepted. You know what I mean? You can have Sarah Silverman on to talk about her pussy. Why can't you have Gilbert <laughs> on to do the same? <laughs> to talk about you know? her pussy. <laughs> yeah, right. Talk about hers. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we get into the 9-11 stuff? Or, uh, cause we, we do have one clip about I it. I mean, we, we pushed over the first domino. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, basically the joke was, if you don't remember, Gilbert was on the Hugh Hefner roast and this was, uh, I want to say two weeks, but no, it might've been days after nine 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Hugh Hefner roast, they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. People need to laugh, I guess. So, so Gilbert says, uh, I don't have a lot of time. I have a flight to catch. Uh, it's it's a connecting flight. We have to stop off at the Empire State Building first, <laughs> and it got quite a few groans in the audience. And it was cut from uh, um, from the roast, and then he you know jumped from that. He jumped into the aristocrats joke. Oh, yeah. uh, so like I said, they fuck up the clip online. It's very annoying. It would be a hell of a lot better than me telling it. Um, but he talks about it uh, with uh, Seth Meyers here. Oh, what was this one labeled uh, as? Not this one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not labeled 9-11. It was it labeled... Um, my favorite Gilbert joke? Nope. Give me another one. People want to laugh? Yes. Yeah. People want to laugh. On it, boss. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I actually remember this. Well, he he got a ton yeah. of shit for it. Yeah. Right. No, I actually yeah. remember seeing this. I mean, it was part of a it was part of a documentary, which is what they're talking about. It was part yeah. of a documentary where they like and kind of in the scene. And like I said, the tone of the music is like, my God, <laughs> the se- the worst thing to happen to America that month <laughs> was Gilbert's joke. One was you uh, told a 9-11 joke right after right after 9-11 <laughs> at a Hugh Hefner roast. Yeah, it was it was like a couple of days, couple days after September 11th. People were booing and hissing. One guy yelled out too soon, which I thought meant I didn't take a long enough pause between the setup and the <laughs> <laughs> joke mechanic joke. And, and then I figure, why not go to the bottom level of hell? And I go in, I tell the aristocrats. Now, joke. this is funny because we're talking about one documentary, but the telling of the aristocrats joke led to a different documentary uh, yes. about well, the, the history of the joke. And, and that was a that was sort that's sort of a filthy joke. Yeah. And uh, and it's sort of won you won the room back. It, it it showed like in situations like that, people need to laugh. They really want to laugh. I um in the documentary, there's a part where I'm doing a benefit at St. Jude's Hospital, which is by no stretch a funny place. Of course not. <laughs> it's like a children's <laughs> hospital. And I went up, I thought for sure this would destroy what I had of a career. And and people were, it did great because people desperately yeah. want to laugh. And the kids at the children's hospital loving Gilbert. <laughs> I love the reassurance. A fun image. It was a children's it hospital. It was not a funny place. <laughs> it's a real hoot, I imagine, at the cancer yeah. ward. Um, oh. But yeah, that and that's why I love clips like that, just because it does show. It's amazing, you know, like tomorrow, a movie could be released where, uh, 
you know, Leo is playing a firefighter on 9-11 that is literally dragging bodies out right. of the fucking rubble. And right. they'll show people jumping from the towers and shit like that. Right. And they'll make you watch that. And you'll be like, my, my God, what a, <laughs> what a brilliant performance. And Gilbert makes, you know, a silly goof about it. And people are like, get the fuck out of here, you cretin. <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing, like, the disrespect. I mean, that's what this podcast is basically for. Yeah. Um, you, you know, kind of exposing the, the disrespect, like, the lack of respect that's out there for comedy where it should be uplifted more because they're doing shit for people that yeah. are in a painful time. Exactly. You know, literally, like, Gilbert is trying to, visiting kids in a, a ch children's hospital, trying to bring a few yucks. <laughs> right. That's exactly know? what he said. Everybody wants to laugh, but nobody wants to admit what they laugh at. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's airing their dirty laundry, yeah. I guess, you know, mm. um, which is why, like, you know, I think it's a, a bit of a shame. Like I said, Gilbert was right on the cusp of like when, you know, society just started to break out and you could have yeah. things on the fringes a little more. But I do wish he was more. It's the word I'm looking for. I kind of wish he was breaking in like the internet age a little more. Yeah. yeah. Where he could be appreciated even more than he was. Because like I said, the only outlet that would consistently have him on was Stern back Stern. in the day to yeah. be who he really was. You know what I mean? And then now later, like I said, he's been on Jim and Sam and a million podcasts. Mm -hmm. And he had his podcast, which was essentially... I hadn't thought about it like this because I didn't listen to uh, Gilbert's amazing colossal podcast. Mm -hmm. um, too often anyways. But in a way, I kind of ripped that off because without knowing it, because that was essentially like, why are you laughing for like old TV? <laughs> like Gilbert uh -huh. was just a guy that loved like old, old television <laughs> and would br would break that down endlessly. And like to most people, they'd be like, oh, that's fucking boring. I, I don't have any interest in that. But he was appealing to the niche that liked what Gilbert yeah. likes, basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I always respected that about him. And I'm now realizing that I probably stole that from him in some way. <laughs> um, Next? Thinking. Uh, wife the, uh, swap? Next? Oh, so this is great. So <laughs> this is again uh, Gilbert uh, uh, flourishing in redundancy, as I said before. <laughs> where uh, so, if, for those of you that don't know, the great Alan Thick had a program called uh, "In the Thick of the Night." It was a late night talk show uh, that was <laughs> went up against Johnny Carson. Oof. And um, spoiler alert. Lost. Didn't last for long. <laughs> Carson came out the victor in that battle. I, I, I would say, yeah. <laughs> but one of the guys uh, Alan Thicke would have on a lot was Gilbert Gottfried. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, on the show, years later, on the show Celebrity, Celebrity Wife Swap, which was basically, uh, you know, the husband goes to live with the other, the opposite family for, mm -hmm. you know, a week or whatever. And oh, wackiness great, ensues. Great Chappelle show sketch. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I think Gilbert is the most brilliant choice they could have made for that. Imagine you're living with your family and just Gilbert Gottfried is dad one day in his, two, in his two big suit. That's a sitcom. Gilbert Gottfried just shows up. It's called stepdad. Um, so uh, so Gilbert Gottfried and Alan Thicke uh, switch places. And I'll tell you my favorite part of this clip uh, right after we play it. But this is Alan Thicke's <laughs> wife uh, interacting with Gilbert. I think Gilbert's impression of Alan is quite terrible and completely off. Second verse. <laughs> I think I get it, Gilbert. <laughs> 
He would not She's stop saying that song. Tall. I think he thinks it's really funny, but you don't want to test my patience. I'm going to give you a French slap in about one second. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look out for her. I always hate the tough guy. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't want to joke with me, Buster. It's like, shut up, lady. One of the greats is in your home. She's literally a foot and a half taller than me. <laughs> one of the greats is in your, in your kitchen doing a bit in front of you <laughs> just for you. Have a little fucking respect. <laughs> so, so my favorite part of that clip, uh, I don't know if you caught it, when they show Gilbert th singing the Alan Thicke song, doing the impression, he says, second verse. <laughs> so I've heard Gilbert tell the story of that appearance. He sang the entire song over and over to her just to annoy her. And that is that is what I mean when I say flourishing and redundancy. <laughs> That's fucking great. So, but uh, that that is one of the things I love about Gilbert, too, is like, his impressions. No one was confused. No one's like, oh, is that is Ellen Thick in the room? <laughs> and that's what that lady wasn't getting, is it's just hilarious to to pick on something like the same thing with Seinfeld, where he picked on that little like why? He kind of picked on Alan Thick's like sing songy mumbling sort of thing. Yeah. And just, you know, brings that to the, the you know, the nth degree. Well, and you know too that he was like, if I get slapped, this is great television. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert would think it was hilarious. It sounds good. <laughs> okay, please do. Now, yeah, yeah. he was a, he was a rare uh, comedy first guy, oh, which mm. is uh, a, ver a very yeah. much a dying breed now. Absolutely, because even the you know I think even if you look some of our favorite comedians, you know, except for probably Tim Dillon and Shane Gillis and guys like that, you know, select few. Um, I think most people now, even like the silly ones, if they were kind of put to the test, they would not, they would want to get serious. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or they feel bad about making some political joke that bothers oh, yeah. people. Gilbert never gave a fuck about that. Whether it was, you know, pissing off an entire nation <laughs> in Japan <laughs> or bothering Alan Thicke's <laughs> wife <laughs> to, her, to her face. He did not give a, he truly didn't give a fuck. That's fucking funny. That's great. Uh, what's next? Uh, Gilbert's documentary. Yeah, so one of the things Gilbert became known for, um, almost to the point where it became like you know, uh, he, he got you know got mentioned to him all constantly. Um, once his documentary came out, was that he would uh, basically steal. Uh, he was a very cheap guy, not to play on uh, too many stereotypes, but, <laughs> but, but Gilbert fit that apparently because he would like steal and he would. Um, they would always talk about like when he was at craft services. You know, he'd take a muffin and put it in his pocket for later. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit like that. Gross. But, but in, in the in the documentary, uh, we would wrap it in a napkin. Let's not get crazy. Here. Um, but in the documentary, they would talk about the amount of, you know, so he basically had uh, uh, what Darren Ravel has in Black People Memorabilia, where there's like a room in his house for it. Yeah. Gilbert had that in little shampoo bottles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. Um, so they, they talk about that a little on uh, Jim and Sam and uh, Jim Norton brings up uh, funny, funny story. Watching the documentary to me, it's like you know that first time you hear yourself recorded, mm. or you see yourself, and you go, "Oh God, that's yeah. not me." Pause one second. Yeah, and that—that's like we all kind of have that moment, like the first time you hear your voice mm -hmm. on like the voicemail or something. Yep. Imagine if you're Gilbert Godfrey and you're hearing that for the first time. <laughs> Horrifying. Like, like the go-to reference <laughs> of, of brutal voices. Oh, that would be terrible. Continue. Or you see yourself and you go, oh, 
oh god, that's yeah. not me. Yeah, and that that's like watching the documentary. Well, do you say do you you still save all those like shampoos? And oh stuff? yes, do you use them. Yes, yeah, I use them. <laughs> I love that he goes. And, he watches the documentary. He goes, no, that's not me. And then he continues to do everything he did in the exactly. documentary. He, like, exactly. he doesn't stop a thing. Yeah, I yeah. don't stop it, but I just go. and and I, watching myself, I felt like I thought I walked like Red Fox in San Francisco. <laughs> Gilbert's oh, the only guy who gets wanded leaving the show. <laughs> Have you ever been caught stealing anything embarrassing from? Yes, a he has. At Artie Lang's show. What had happened? I forget what they call you taking. It was like a coffee maker. <laughs> Nick DiPaolo had already had the show uh -huh. on Directv, right from the green room. They were like, "Yeah, Gilbert was here. He took the coffee maker. They had to make him like they caught him." Did you steal Nick DiPaolo and Artie Lang's coffee maker? <laughs> the best part of that is later. He He's like, I don't think I, I maybe a bag of coffee beans. It has to fit under my shirt. <laughs> but I love the idea of Nick DiPaolo and Artie Lang going to make a cup of coffee at the end of a show, which, by the way, might have to talk about uh, Nick and Artie at some point. Like, oh, they had a weird, oh, they had yeah. a weird fallout. Like, they had a great radio show. Yeah. And kind of a weird fallout. I don't know if it's episode worthy, but we'll mention it at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just the idea of, you know, Nick, De fucking angry Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> Where the fuck's the coffee maker? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the curing? Gilbert's running away. With <laughs> Did that fucking weirdo take the coffee maker? <laughs> but, but I do love that. Just the idea of this old Jewish man. Again, to the point of not giving a fuck that he's playing into every stereotype that there's ever been <laughs> by, you know, stealing food from craft services or coffee makers from the Nick I, and Artie I show. I just enjoy how much... <laughs> Uh, joy Norton took in going, yes, yes he did. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, I know. And what I love about Gilbert is he's laughing like, did I do that? <laughs> he caught even, me. Not even quite sure. <laughs> uh, what's the next clip? We got? Hitler's grandson. Yes, yeah, so as you can probably imagine, we were going to get to Hitler at some point in this episode. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> but uh, this is an amazing joke. I think I have a couple in a row that are just uh, classic Gilbert Gottfried jokes. Yeah. Um, but this is an interesting angle, you know, like Gilbert, uh, you know, I kind of said a bit of a cat, like a twist on a cat scales comedian, but he did have an interesting look at a lot of uh, things. You know, I read somewhere that Hitler had a grandson who was a convicted child molester. Imagine being the embarrassment to the Hitler family. <laughs> Is there anything worse than being the Hitler who the other Hitlers don't talk about? <laughs> I think <laughs> another another clear influence, and uh, I think I mentioned this before, but shame on us for not talking about this in the Rodney Dangerfield episode. Yeah. Um, but Rodney, when he was not on The Tonight Show, like if you just go see Rodney's act, at times he was a lot dirtier than he was. Like, so right. people were kind of shocked by that. And I think probably what you heard was very similar to like Gilbert's style, you know, where he has that kind of um, set-up punch but like with a twist to what Rodney would do on the Tonight Show, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's just a fucking imagine being the embarrassment to the Hitler name. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> the, the the way he wrote it though, like Hitler's, is a really funny fucking just term. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Multiples. Yeah. Just the, like the Hitlers. the Hitlers shaking their head <laughs> in disgust. <laughs> so um, 
That's one thing I do think would have been interesting because Gilbert had a lot of great stories. I always wonder about that. We talked about that with Mitch Hedberg, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder yeah. how he would have been if you forced him to be a storytelling Story comedian, comedian for mm-hmm. one special. You right. know what I mean? Because yeah. he was great at telling stories. But would he, how, how would that have been on stage? Um, I'm kind of yeah. glad he didn't do it because I like Gilbert's style and I don't think there's enough of that now. Yeah, but. please don't change Gilbert. Yeah, well, he won't now. Well, so I mean, that's, that's for sure. No danger of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something, he, he's in the clear. <laughs> something happened to him? Uh, I didn't even know he was sick, as Norm would say. Um, <laughs> so, my favorite joke I don't think needs uh, any setup. Mm-hmm. This is just, uh, you know, a very sad story that Gilbert is telling. A woman gets into a really bad car accident. The man rushes from work over to the hospital. The doctor comes out. He goes, sorry, it's it's really bad news. Your wife was in a horrible car accident. Her face and body are totally mangled. Uh, she'll be crippled and paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, she's she's going to need a 24-hour care of which your insurance is not going to pay for. You're going to have to wash her and feed her and keep turning her over in case she gets bed sores and rubbing ointment on her and you'll have to change her pretty constantly because she'll have no control over her bladder or bowels and the man breaks down crying and the doctor goes I'm just fucking with you she's dead So so brilliant because that is like it's just picking up on the thought that would be in the back of everyone's mind. Like, oh, oh, fuck, (laughs) if that (laughs) happened to you and no one would want to say that. But that's like just such a (laughs) such a brilliant fucking joke. So brutal. But so we talked about this in the Mitch Hedberg episode and I didn't do a good job. It took me like 40 minutes to get to the point I was trying to make to the point where Carl thought I was like shitting on Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> and I, was not, I was not trying to do. But uh, going through a lot of these Gilbert clips made me realize the point that I was trying to make. So when I saw Gilbert live, uh, he told a lot of jokes where I genuinely wasn't sure if he was telling street jokes. And this is true of his Hulu special, too, where there's jokes in there where you're like, wait a minute, I've. Is that a street joke or is that a a joke that Gilbert wrote that just became a street joke? And you genuinely genuinely couldn't tell. So I think that's what I was trying to say about Hedberg, where he was almost hurt by his own brilliance. (laughs) And I think Gilbert kind of suffers from the same thing, where his jokes are so good and so universally universally applicable in Mm -hmm. certain situations where people repeat them and you don't even know it's a Gilbert joke. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, I've... I'm sure people have used shit like that before. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, dads and uncles <laughs> around the country and not even realize they were repeating a Gilbert joke, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, do we have any more clips? Uh, just Carlin was a fan. That's so it. So this was really interesting. Um, I was glad to see, because like I said, I don't know. Um, I was never quite sure that Gilbert got like the respect in comedy that he deserved because he was a punchline in so many scenarios where, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, anytime you're talking about a, a like a brutal voice, you would reference yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. Um, so, he, you know, he was used like as a punchline. In the, so I never knew like what the res- level of respect, obviously guys that knew him, you know, like yeah. Norton, Nardi Lang, obviously have a great deal of respect, in, you know, Norm and uh, Saget and guys like that. Mm-hmm. But I always wondered like, you know, universally what in comedy, what was the respect that uh, Gilbert yeah. Gottfried had? And this is him on Rogan. Uh, indicating that, I think. One time I was getting on a plane and uh, a few miles down from me, I saw George Carlin. 
and well, he yeah, he was a few walls ahead of me, and I I you know I'd never met him before, so I didn't want to bother him, and I sat down, and then he he gets up from his chair and he starts he looks at me and is walking toward me and I got so excited I thought George Carlin he wants to talk to me and he comes over to me and he says uh I gotta work on some stuff I'm writing I gotta read something and then I'm gonna take a nap so I can talk to you and he walked it was like basically he went out of his way to tell me to go fuck myself (laughs) (laughs) wasn't he just being courteous because otherwise he would have said I would talk to you yes yeah. But at when it was getting near the end of the flight, when they announced that we're going to be uh, descending soon, uh, he came over to me again and he scribbled his phone number down on a piece of paper and he said to me, uh, next time you're appearing on TV, I want you to call me and tell me because I want to see what's going on in that brain of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, I thought it that is. was a really cool story. Yeah, awesome. Just the idea that Carlin was like fascinated by a guy like Gilbert. What yeah. a weird move, though, to go be like, yeah. I can't talk to you. Yeah. And he didn't even approach him. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> later in that in that same uh, clip from Rogan. He goes on to talk about, uh, he also got Jonathan Winter's uh, phone number mm. and never used it either. And you know, what I respect most about Gilbert kind of lies in this story where Rogan asked him, like, why wouldn't you, you know, these guys gave you your number. Obviously, they wanted to talk to you in some way. Mm. And he's just a nervous, awkward guy who doesn't want to bother people. Yeah. And I think I suffer from a lot of that myself. So I think what I admire most about Gilbert, and it's something that I certainly don't have, is his ability to break out of that and become... Gilbert Gottfried. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you're watching the guy on stage, you don't think, oh, this is a guy who would be uncomfortable at a party or something, you know? But he is. Like he's a guy right. uncomfortable in his own skin, very shy, very weird. Um, and yet he's able to break that and drop it for the sake of performing, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he, I think he definitely strikes me as a nervous party goer. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I, but you know what? I'm, I'm just talking about like his loud, you know, bombastic, bombastic. Oh, he speak, personality. He speaks with such confidence. Yeah. Where you wouldn't think like, oh, this is a guy that won't make eye contact with you and is afraid and to he, talk to you. you he know? also does the jokes that I'm like, I would never have the balls to even speak that out loud. No. He's the greatest. And to, you know, to kind of go back where we started, like, it's amazing and it will never happen again nope. that you have a guy like Gilbert Gottfried who is able to tell the aristocrats joke <laughs> and also be in children's cartoons. I know. <laughs> that will never happen again. So he's, he's literally the last of a dying breed, and it's very sad. Um, and maybe that's not true. Maybe the more, you know, we as a society kind of eulogize people like Norm and Gilbert and kind of lose that, um, you know, maybe the next generation will see a void there, mm-hmm. and you'll get more people like that, I hope. You know, in a, in a dream world, I hope that happens. But at least as of now, uh, you'll never see another Gilbert Gottfried, I don't I, think. Never. I could see Mark Norman doing something like that. Maybe. De- certain, def- definitely yeah. influenced by it. But I guess I'm just saying, like, there's not a... Kind of like when we talk about, um, you know, cancel culture and shit yeah. like that. Like I, I feel like an asshole even saying that now because it's become so overdone. But it is a thing that exists. Yeah. And it's the problem with it, as I always said, was um, not that this guy... Uh, you know, not that Gilbert lost a job with Affleck. It's that the next guy who wants to become Gilbert Gottfried won't even attempt that joke because they're terrified of, you know, ruining their life. Um, So that's the real shame of it all. And and, uh, Gilbert did not give a fuck about that. 
I think we could use more of that uh, just in life, not just comedy, but yeah. everywhere. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Anything else, boys, about uh, the great Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, no, I just I was thinking like coaching trees. Like you can draw a direct line from him to like Anthony Jeselnik. And, like, Jeselnik, Tosh. Norman, you said it for sure. Tosh. Tosh. That's that's a good one. And yeah. Daniel Tosh is a, a weird guy. Offstage, you might be like Gilbert too. Because yeah. he's a weird guy <laughs> you, you never fucking hear from. He's never done yeah. an interview, I don't know. Yeah. I think he's coming to Boston at some point, like this summer. So I think he's, I think he's going back out on tour. Mm. Uh, but he doesn't do anything. No. Uh, but yeah, for sure. And he's a great comic. And for mm. sure there's Gilbert influence. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that kind of come from that school. But I do think Tosh was a great example. And I yeah. think Norman does. Norman might be the best example of a guy that could be like the next kind of Gilbert Gottfried, where even like he's weird and like yeah. he'll do local news interviews and I'm <laughs> gay and like, <laughs> <laughs> just weird, weird shit like that. So I think he's the best. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of another example of a young guy. Cause like I said, not many people are going to be like that or even attempt to be like that. Uh, no, cause, cause you're right. I mean, if, if you're going to tell those kind of jokes, the, like we talked about, like Shane Gillis and those kind of guys, like yeah. they, they embrace the fact that like, now that I've lost SNL, fuck everybody. This is what I am now. This is and who that's, I am now. And that's where yeah. like Skankfest comes from mm -hmm. was basically Louis J. Gomez saying, I have to be this. I'm yeah. never going to audition for, you know, I think he said he auditioned for like crashing. Yeah. And uh, Pete Holmes wrote a character for him named Lewis <laughs> and he didn't get it. <laughs> and, and so uh, uh, like, you know, Lewis said like, I need to create a world where I can be successful. Yeah. Gilbert was amazingly able to break through that. Mm -hmm. And I hope more people kind of realize that and, and stick to it. But uh, yeah, um, rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried, one of the greats. Um, go check out his special. Go check out him on Norm. He was one of the best ever. I Like I said, I didn't pull a ton of Stern clips because I think a lot of people did that. Mm -hmm. But you can go down a rabbit hole of Stern on Gilbert. You know, For sure. Uh, yeah. Gilbert, you know. Uh, fucking with Beetlejuice and like, <laughs> some of the great, yeah, yeah. some of the truly great uh, uh, Gilbert moments on that show, or even just him sitting on the news was hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, Gilbert, we miss you, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, oh, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Gilbert would have wanted it that way. That's true. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash blind Mike. Um, you get these episodes a week early. You can also listen to these boys on very good show. Yeah. When's this yeah. coming out? You think next week? Uh, so keep an eye out for our own Patreon. Whoa, oh, yeah. is that official? Boom. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, folks, if you have enough to subscribe to every goddamn Patreon. <laughs> if, if, if you've subscribed to every other Patreon, it's and gonna you be... said, I need one more to fill out the roster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Uh, Even if like five people subscribe, I don't give a shit. Patreon.com slash very good show. Go yeah. support the boys. And if you guys subscribe, I don't have to pay them. So look at it that way. You're helping, <laughs> you're helping me out. You're helping Mike out in the long run. Yeah. Um, yeah so check out, check out all the Patreons. Um, and for a free way to support the show, you know, like I said, like us on YouTube, comment, um, subscribe, you know, Apple, Spotify, all that, all that shit helps. It's a free way to support the show. An average nobody's podcast as well. Yeah. Oh, and vaulted, uh, the vaulted podcast studios. Like I said, we're not there this week, which is why it probably doesn't sound as good. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> we <What>? need, <laughs> we need the great Matt from Rhode Island. And, uh, if you want your podcast to sound like that, like it usually does, <laughs> then go to, uh, it's gonna hit, hit, hit a Matt from Matt from RI on Twitter and go to a vaulted podcast. This you can record your stuff there. This wrap up was a jumbled mess. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> 
Like I said, it's the way Gilbert would have wanted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Every time we do one of these episodes, we leave, and I think, fuck, I forgot to mention this. So we didn't do it this time. I said, no, no, no. Let's get back in there and record this. I forgot the uh, Hollywood Squares episode. I can't believe I didn't think of this when we were talking about all Gilbert's firings. Yes. He got fired for this. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so a clip that was uh, very popularly going around uh, when, when Gilbert passed was him on Hollywood Squares. Um, so evidently, Penn Jillette, uh said, you know, gave an answer. And the person disagreed with him. I don't really even know how Hollywood Squares works. Mm -hmm. He X'd instead of O'd or something. Yeah. And uh, he got it wrong. He should have listened to Pendulette. And Pendulette said, you fool. And so, so Gilbert took that and ran with it <laughs> <laughs> in this clip that resulted in his firing from Hollywood Squares. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. When she, this happened first season too, didn't it? When she heard that Phileas Fogg had done it in 80 days, journalist Nellie Bly beat him by doing it in 72 days. What did she do? Get through to the cable company. <laughs> Very nice. No, I know oh. this. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, Judy uh, this is rowing the Atlantic. I'm going to agree. You fool! <laughs> 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 if you're just tuning in, welcome to the Gilbert Gottfried Show. Gilbert Gottfried! So this is, by the way, they need Gilbert. He's the last square. They, oh, need, yeah. they need Gilbert. He's the last square. They need him to, to win the game. So what's happening here is they have to call on Gilbert, and he keeps fucking with them. And this took, like, this is a two-minute clip, but... It made them, it, this game took the entire episode. Usually they play a couple <laughs> rounds or whatever they do. This took the entire episode, so it fucked everything up for them. <laughs> and Gilbert just did not care and kept going. It's, uh, it's French designer named it the Atom because of its small size and the explosive effect a woman would have when she wore it. Today it's better known as... It's in my pants! <laughs> but your thumb's covering it. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's covering it right now. Oh, yeah. The tube top. Oh, I agree. You fool! Look <laughs> <laughs> at all these people laughing. Everyone's laughing. Let's fire them. <laughs> it's the bikini. It's the bikini, so David, back to you. What we got for you? <laughs> they keep doing the fancy thing, too. <laughs> what significance does 1908 have if you are a Chicago Cubs fan? Uh, that's the year you were in Chicago. <laughs> okay, it's the last perfect pitch game. <laughs> I'm agree. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> and now I'm getting into it. <laughs> I'm like, no. It's the last time they won a World Series, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so like, I, yeah, that clip was going around the day he died. I'm sure you, you guys probably saw it, but I just, I, when I learned that he got canned for that <laughs> because he fucked everything up, I figured we had to tell that story. It was the best time ever, anyone's ever yeah. had on that show. It was the greatest, and it became like the You Fool episode. People knew it as that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like, I guess, you know, production-wise, it, it fucked things up. I don't know. But, again... Uh, that goes back to Gilbert just not giving a fuck. He'd rather have fun and, you know, <laughs> risk losing his job. And I'm sure that hurt him financially and everything. Like, yeah. It probably sucked, but he would have laughed about it. Like, that's that's the brains right. of the guy. Right. Uh, so that's it. All right. Now, now uh, we'll see you for real next yeah. week. <laughs>